Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Hi, I'm Dean, and I've seen every episode of BSG. Hi, I'm Matthew, and I haven't seen any episode of BSG. On this week's episode, we bring you Season 1, Episode 7, titled Six Degrees of Separation. Oh, for God's sake! I can't take this anymore! I'm trying to save your immortal soul, No, what you are doing, darling, is boring me to death with your superstitious drivel. Your, your metaphysical nonsense. Which, to be fair to you, actually appeals to the half-educated dullards that make up most of human society, but which I hasten to add, no rational, intelligent, free-thinking human being truly believes. Well, we are back once again, and this time we're here for Six Degrees of Separation, the seventh episode. How you doing this evening, Mr. Anderson? Very good. Very pleased. I got my Gaius-heavy episode that I've been begging for. It's good shit. There's nothing I like more than a Gaius-heavy episode. Love the guy. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but (laughs) I love it. Well, you know, him being there means you also get a lot of six. Also good. (laughs) It's always good when there's more six. More six is a good thing. (laughs) Not not a bad thing. Never. So we are here once again. You have not seen these episodes prior. I have. It gives us a pretty unique perspective, and uh, I've been excited because... We had a little bit of time off, and now we're banging out two in a week. Again, it won't really matter to the end user because they're going to get one a week, but it was good to get back to it. We had a little break there, and I feel like we're, we've are we waded right back into the waist-deep waters of the wonder of it all with this particular of, program. Of the Ronald D. Moraverse. So six degrees of separation, Matthew. <laughs> You're not going to laugh at that fucking Academy Award-winning joke, Dean? <laughs> no. I got to leave you hanging on that one, buddy. I can't encourage bad jokes by laughing at them. (laughs) Fuck yeah. I want to say that forever. Hashtag it. Hashtag. Yes. Ron Moriverse. (laughs) Right, guys? Hey, mom, I knocked him dead at the office. (laughs) I was the first person to be muted by the official Twitter channel. Who knew? (laughs) Well, if you're new here, we have initial impressions. We go through a little bit of a trivia segment, which we'll talk more about when we get there. And then we explicate our way through the episode and we wrap with some final thoughts as well as getting to some more trivia stuff. So Matthew, Mm -hmm. we just finished watching Six Degrees of Separation. And I want to know about your overall thoughts on this episode. I know that you have been wanting a Gaius heavy episode. I know you've wanted a Starbuck one too. You've wanted more Starbuck, you've been telling me, but you got Gaius oh, yeah. this week. And as you know, I've been touting this man for a long time, but I feel like since the miniseries, he hasn't really done much. He's yeah, been okay. there. Yeah. He's been there, but he hasn't done a ton. So I'm curious as to uh, if you're pleased, if you're pleased with what you've seen. I definitely am. Definitely enjoying it. What I... What I walk away from it with, though, and this is something I'm curious to ask you about, um, is what kind of person is Gaius? Because, you know, I would say every episode up to this point, especially after the miniseries, has been very much establishing not just what our characters are motivated by or what they're concerned with, but who they are, like their character, their virtues, what matters to them as people, you know, whether they bend under certain situations or not. Uh, With Gaius, 
you know, I think you, you take somebody like William Adama, you throw him into any situation, you know, outside of warfare, let's say this was peacetime, any given situation, he is still, I think, always the resolute, upstanding, virtuous, although tough guy that he is in any given place, any given time, any given situation. You know, I think we, we have a real strong sense for him. And I think you can basically say the same for uh, Lee and Starbuck and some of the other characters. Gaius, I think, is fascinating, and I really like his character, and I'm very satisfied with the amount we got with him this week. But I think it's a tougher question of, like, what kind of person is Gaius? Is he a good guy outside of this, uh, outside of the particular pressures and problems of this really high-stakes situation he's found himself in? Would he be a good person, or would he be an awful person? Like, I think there's a lot more up in the air with him, and this episode has done – a good job of focusing in on that, but still not feeding us too many answers. You know, I, I have my opinions of guys and they've been a little more solidified now, but ah, oh, he's, he's still so many questions about him almost as much about the Cylons. I like where your head's at. And I want to talk more about is guys a good person. And you also said, I have my opinions of him a little more solidified now. And I want you to tell me more about that in just a minute. But before that, Let's talk about Gaius as a character. What is he? One of the things you said was you're pretty sure that Adama, if he found himself in a different situation, would probably still react the same way. Yeah, I do think so. Now, if I want to drill down on it a little further, one of the things I have to think about is, are we talking stress? What kind of situation are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Because I think with a guy like Adama, what you have is a man who has been tested by the trials of the military life in a military career life. He is a lifer in the military. He is a man who will go as far as he can go and retire because of his age. And that's about it. Some guys get in, they do a couple tours and they get out. This guy is a career, a career officer who runs a giant war machine. Yeah. So what's this preamble mean? You may be asking yourself, Matthew, here's what it means. (laughs) It means that conversely is the word I'm looking for. I think Gaius Baltar has led a relatively easy life. Now, I'm not saying he's not brilliant, but I have a feeling that being a gifted and brilliant man, that things have come easy to Gaius. He doesn't strike me as a man who had to claw his way to the top. He strikes me as a very smart and capable individual who was also very fortunate Uh, Dare I say privileged, even though that word annoys me sometimes. But (laughs) I think he's a man who has had a very easy life. I think that he's somebody who has been able to talk his way out of situations and into situations. And I think that he has not had to deal with the types of things that Adama has. In fact, Gaius almost seems aloof and bored at at the onset of the series. Uh, aloof and bored with everything right up until he realizes he may be responsible for all of this destruction inadvertently. Obviously, he's not actively conspiring, but being used. And of course, that frightens him. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because Gaius is starting to find himself in a situation where the stakes are very high. His reputation is one thing and his life is another, and they are being threatened by people that he has no control over. And I think when that happens, you start to, that, that's, it really is going to test your mettle. It's going to test your will and your resolve. And mm-hmm. 
I, I just think that that's, I think that that makes sense to me. I think that's something that I would, I would believe would be hard for most people to handle, especially a guy like him coming from where he's come from, if that makes sense. Now, I agree. Right. Yeah. Now, Adama has been tested. He is out there. And you could probably, and I'm not just saying this is, you know, it sounds like I'm making a nature versus nurture argument. I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking that nature and nurture are different for both men. And I think they both would respond differently no matter what. But I think it's important to bring up the possibility that this is the beginnings of real tests for Gaius. We saw it when, we, when he thought Amrick was on that Olympic carrier and uh, how he reacted, and we're seeing it now. So asking if he is good or bad is a tough question for me because I know more about him than you do because I have seen the series. Yeah. Now, I've told you he's very interesting. Uh, you've told me you just asking if he is good or bad is what uh, one of the things that this, at least until this point in the series that I loved about the man is he, or isn't he, I wasn't really sure at this point in the series, other than I knew he was a character that I thought was very realistic and very human with multiple layers. Um, and I want to know your opinion of Gaius based on what you've seen at the, to up until this point here. Yeah, I, okay. So for where, well, one thing I got to commend the show for right. taking <laughs> taking my opinion of Gaius from where it was at the outset, which was I thought he was a smarmy little prick in his fucking red pinstripe suit with you know just barely missing his matching fedora to go to the prom. He <laughs> uh, just seemed one like a dipshit, and you know, and I was pretty much like, yeah, whatever happens to this guy, whatever he gets, what's coming to him, whatever. He's an obnoxious genius, yes, but you know kind of a Tony Stark-esque boy genius, you know, mad with his own richness and power and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, fuck him, right? They've taken him and they've thrown him into the midst of, you know, and also into the most unique situation of any character on the show. Like, everybody is juggling the stress of war and the burden of being some of the last human beings out there, but nobody is juggling the hyper-specific strange situation that Gaius is in that he doesn't even fully understand yet and that we even as viewers don't fully understand yet of him being contacted and manipulated by this Cylon woman who may be protecting him or maybe feeding him into the fucking jaws of this larger plan. Who knows? Uh, it's, it's a very particular stress that nobody else is having to deal with. And that's part of what makes him so interesting. Yeah. And his reactions to it, they, they very much at times, portray a person who is willing to, hey, I'm in this high tense situation. I'm willing to stab somebody in the back to get myself out of it. But then other times where I think he is, he does look at the broader picture and the broader safety of everyone else. And that's on his mind and he doesn't want to sell out humanity. Um, you know, I would never, I don't think, I don't think he should be accused of that. Um, but there is, there's a level of collusion, of willing collusion that he does have with Six that we see more in center in this episode. You know, that's yeah. brought out where he's willing, you know, uh, he's willing to conspire with her in a way. But that is still, you know, that what, what's so hard about trying to have an opinion on him is that you still don't even know how much he is holding back from her either. So I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's tough for me because it's very deeply layered and he is a person who i think is very adept at hiding things from people and even from six um but i i i'm leaning now after this episode more than ever towards he is 
a better person than I initially thought, but that, you know, like like I was saying in my earlier example of Adama, if in, in peacetime, if this had all gone the way it was supposed to and they decommissioned the Battlestar Galactica and he went to, you know, living the retiree's life, I don't think he's the kind of person who would get so itchy and uncomfortable being outside of the military that he would find himself getting into trouble or doing something bad or reckless. I think he still has the fortitude to live a virtuous life, you know, mm. whereas Gaius, I think you throw him in the wrong situation. He's a little more willing to do some questionable shit. I still think that's in his character for sure, you know, to get his team to save his own skin anyways. But, uh, but I am by the end of this. Yeah. Leaning towards he, he is uh, a better guy than I thought from the outset, but I, you know, like I said, still up in the air. I like it. He is, um, he's certainly a unique character, man. He is, He's certainly somebody that you have to be careful with. Um, I think that it's obvious that he is, he's, he's in a sense compromised. He is the only person who has a willing relationship that is largely positive with a Cylon agent, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that is something that's happening. Yeah, she's protecting him. She seems to be protecting him for sure. And uh, I think that's one of the most fascinating things about their relationship is, is that what exactly is she doing? Why is she doing what she's doing? And what the fuck does it mean? <laughs> exactly. You know, totally baffling. Ugh. So we're going to talk a lot about guys. Some of the things I like about guys in this episode is, is that I like that we get to see him as a man who is, what's the way I'm trying to say this? He's very much a, he's very much a guy who, in this episode, we see him beg and plead and pray, and we also see him go on the offensive. Yes. And, he, yes, and he moves between the two, and that's one of the things that I think is realistic about him. There are times where he's desperate, where he gets really beggy, and then there are times <laughs> where he feels things might be hopeless, and he gets very aggressive. Yes, that is a good point. Right? He begs. He's like, oh, I'm so glad you don't think I'm guilty. And then he's like, forgive me if I don't want to die based on your fucking gut reaction. Yeah, and I exactly. like I like how he moves between these two ways that he has about talking to people, and I think that that's one of the most intriguing things about the man. Yeah, yeah, he is not he's not a meek, humble, no. little tiny, frail <laughs> guy, which all. I think I think people could easily you know his that's something we haven't talked about. His reputation right. among everybody else is probably fairly skewed into being a crazy person for one <laughs> for talking to himself, right. uh, but also unstable and probably kind of weak. They, they probably all have the same impression I had from the, from the outset of, Oh, this is a rich, yep. always had everything he wanted. Smart boy. Like fuck him, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he's got, he does have a, you know, some spine to him that I don't think people aren't expecting. Yeah. Especially when he's interacting with anybody on the Galactica, because here you have this military ship and this military hierarchy and this military camaraderie and a guy like him just, doesn't really fit in very well as as no, well as you'd yeah. imagine. Although we do see him playing cards with people, we do see him entertaining people though. So so he has that part of himself there. You know, he's not he's it's not like he can't handle himself socially. Yeah. It's just Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that 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 is challenged ultimately the way we see this playing out because of when he's accused of treason, people are like looking at him like this fucking traitor when he's walking <laughs> the hallways. Oh, they are so ready to see them like chop his head off with the guillotine. It's like, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> All right. So I like where your head's at with Gaius. We're going to talk a lot more about Gaius tonight. And uh, 
Before we do that, I think it's important that we get to our trivia. So last oh, week I asked you some questions that teased this episode, and um, we're going to see how well you did. All righty. So last week I asked you some questions. Largely it's been true or false. It seems like that's the way to go. It's been very much a true or false endeavor. Seems <laughs> like the easiest way to do this. <laughs> easiest on you, the question maker, the <laughs> riddler. The riddler. Riddler. Well, you only had two choices. <laughs> All right. So let me get to the questions that were asked, get to your answers, and get to the actual answers. There we are. One, Hilo refuses the sexual advances of Caprica Bummer, citing her relationship with Chief Tyrrell. You said false. So the answer was false. Ba-boom! He gave zero fucks about Chief Tyrrell. That, that. Oh, oh, no, he was a polite boy. I don't want to get in the way. Oh, you're you're planting your face on my face? I'll take it. Oh, I don't want to get in your way. Oh, I'm going to gorilla fuck you in the rain. <laughs> what a gentleman. Fuck you. <laughs> what, uh. what a gentleman. Uh, so good job on that. Uh, Galactic right. Boomer's insight into the captured Cylon Raider gets her arrested under the suspicion of Specialist Callie. You said false. False. No, 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 you said true. Of course, the answer was false. So you got Damn. that one wrong, buddy. Sorry to break it to you. Oof. They, Oof. They, somebody still took yellow lipstick and wrote on our locker. That's true. Was it herself? It Ooh, uh, hey, it. it could be. Question three. Rosalind is told by Elosha that the scriptures speak of a leader who will be betrayed by a close advisor. You said true. It was false. Damn it. And that's got to be, that's one of your most inventive answers yet. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you brought in a character we haven't seen since day one, basically. Yeah, I know. I have to mix it up on you. That's pretty solid. Pretty solid fucking trickery. <laughs> Next question. Gaius Baltar is not only suspected, but actively investigated and incarcerated for treason against the 12 colonies. You said false, Matthew. The answer Fuck. was true. <laughs> <laughs> that was the crux of this whole episode. The whole episode. Oh, and you must have been Jesus. like right away, right? You're like, are you kidding? <laughs> it's like, damn it. Question uh, five. Sabotage on the CIC causes Gata to be arrested for possible Cylon collusion. Of course, the answer is false, but you answered true. Fuck me. So you got two out of five, buddy. Uh, oh, Do you want to work Jesus. that percentage out or should we just... Scrap this one. We'll, uh, we'll scrap your lowest grade of the, of the semester. Oh, kids. <laughs> kids, we got to stay with my sister for a while. <laughs> oh, God, I bet everything. We got to stay with your aunties. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to live in the car. We're going to eat spaghettios. <laughs> oh, mm. Well, damn. I wish you better luck on the next round of questions, which, of course, will come at the end of this episode, and they will tease the next episode, which is called Flesh and bone. Mm. Matthew. Yes. Let's do it. Let's. So Six Degrees of Separation opens up with some pretty interesting dialogue that I'm very interested in hearing your opinion on. It starts off with Gaius in a lab. He is looking through a microscope at some samples. He says, I don't see the hand of God here. Uh, he says, maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. No divine hands on these samples. Uh, he's not crazy about, about the sheer amount of samples he has, so it looks like he's buried in work. He waxes yeah. a little bit about the church of the mystic Cylon detector, and then, of course, Six tells him to give himself over to God's will. Guys is more interested, of course, in declothing her because this is cut with him and her at his house in those head movies. Yes, which I get, you know, is really, truly uh, a full setting now at this point. Like, when he is going into his own mind, he is in that right. house. That's where he... His thoughts are. This is true. 
She tells him that he has a plan for us. There is only one true God. Uh, and then, of course, big turnoff uh, because of uh, big turnoff for six because it was blasphemy. And then he belittles her. Oh, so yeah. loses it. We see this a few times in this episode. It starts with him pleading and then attacking. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, although he does kind of start it all. You know, he's being so slyly Passive insulting aggressive. at the beginning. Sure. Yeah, of being like, oh, I sure don't see the hand of God in any of this, you know, because he knows that she's so religious. Mm-hmm. So he's just being a little, you know, instigator about the whole thing. Meanwhile, she's reading, you know, men are from Mars, Cylons are from Venus, and you know, it's just not working out. They can't communicate. And, uh, why that? Why that? Human dick's always going to get on your nerves. <laughs> he says things like, you know, why don't, is there a glitch in hard drive? He's using he's using adjectives that relate to machinery as he's talking about her, which of course she doesn't take well. And he so. continues to mock her about God, and you know he doesn't really let this go. He, you know, you you you're boring me with this superstitious nonsense, metaphysical nonsense. He says. <laughs> And, um, and goes he, on to say, well, yeah, only all of our dullards back in human society <laughs> believed in any of <laughs> All the knuckle trackers. <laughs> oh, he, he's pretty harsh with her here. He makes a joke about toasters with great legs. And then, of course, she vanishes and he's looking all over for her. And then we, we get a greeting back on the Galactica where D yeah. is greeting him and saying, oh, hello, sir. How are you? Huh. The first time she's ever since the miniseries disappeared on him. You know, just right. stood up, waved her hands, and was gone. Gonzo. What do you think of that shit? I, from the second, when she got up uh, and started and walked out of the room, right. I already at least knew, I was like, ooh, she's going to be gone. Like, he's not going to right. hear from her personally for a while. I'm like, ooh, she's going to be up to something. I definitely had that sense of like, because, you know, right. I, what was ringing in my ears this whole conversation was her warning from the previous episode of, don't make me mad. You will not like me when I'm mad. Indeed. And and she fucking got so pissed at him. Very mad at him. Now, oh yes. It's funny that she got mad at him about mocking her. I'm, what does that mean to you, Matt? That she, she has feelings mm. <laughs> in, in some sense. I mean, and she certainly does. Like, I mean. That's that's the most, again, most baffling part of the Cylons and especially Six in the whole scheme of things is that she certainly has a personal agenda to some extent outside of the larger Cylon one. And she's has she has her own feelings about Gaius and about the war and humans. You know, she has her own sensibilities and she can be offended. I like it. I like it a lot, kid. Back on the CIC, we see Gaius suggesting that Six <laughs> open up a button or two. <laughs> On her blouse. Uh, Excuse me, she says, this woman. This woman, (laughs) Shelly Godfrey, right? Such a great reaction. And uh, she's right there standing next to you, according to Ty. And this is great acting by James Callis here. All of you can see her. All of you can see her. (laughs) (laughs) Try, you know, he's... That's the battle he's constantly fighting with now is trying to not seem like a sweaty lunatic in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and she does not make that easy on him at all. I love this scene. It's an incredible. I mean, your head must have been spinning when you realized oh. she was on the CIC with him. The mo- Yeah. In the moment you see her in that clothing, you're like, wait a minute. This is already off. You know, it's funny that it's funny that it takes him a second. You know, he has to like look around and, and confirm it with all of them. Right. Because for me, I would have been like, 
why are you, you know, hey, what's up? <laughs> why are you so uh, military looking? It's crazy because I'll never forget when I first watched this episode. I was so taken aback. I couldn't believe it, man. I was like, whoa. Yeah. What? Are you kidding Which me is- right now? Is is You know what I mean? I couldn't fucking believe that she was, that, that, that she was just out with it, like accusing there. him of treason on the spot. It was insane. Yeah, in her own. It's not like she, through some complicated machinations, got a uh, uh, fax or an right. email or whatever they use in this world to <laughs> right, surface. Right, right. <laughs> to some cornerless piece of paper to come up to accuse him that she would come herself, her own Cylon form, and be there. Wow. Did not see that shit coming. Hell hath no fury, my brother. Whew. Yeah, don't piss off a woman, human or Cylon. <laughs> and both barrels she just says don't touch me you traitor and she traitor. outs with the entire thing uh, a, a okay. secret that has been kept since the miniseries so i mean this is a long time coming and it doesn't leak out it isn't like a small piece of evidence it's straight up accusation yeah it's absolutely. so unlikely to happen which is why it was such a good trivia question and yeah, true y- y- there's no way you would ever guess oh it's going to be a it's going to be a a Cylon that looks just like six. That's coming after you, dude. Sorry to say. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I like no, it. No, it's great. And I, on first watch, you know, and it's it's there. It's really slight right after she says the whole thing. And Gaius turns and looks at Adama, then looks back at her. You see her face in that, you know, it's still in the expression of anger. And then just a slight, very slight kind of quiver of a smile or a grin as mm. if, she knows what right. she's doing. Right. That this is not a copy like like Boomer is a copy who's unaware that she's a Cylon. But by the end of the episode, I'm questioning. You're that not convinced, bit. right? Not convinced. But right here from the beginning, I was like, oh, she knows. Six is so pissed that she went and got one of her copies to physically come on board, still knowing exactly who she was and make this accusation. Yep. But yeah, that gets a little muddier over time. Now, one of the speculations you've made in prior episodes, Matt, is is that you've said that you believe they must share some kind of conscience, right? Yeah, there's like they a shared consciousness that every every copy of Boomer has access to the overall, right. you know, Sharon Boomer consciousness and experience, for the, for the, experience. like yeah, experiences and and understanding, and it's all the ones that believe they are a human being are just you know, temporarily cut off from that, that right. knowledge. This lends some weight to that theory because mm-hmm. right. I mean, as soon as he pisses her off, oh, he yeah. immediately is accused. Yeah. By a physical representation of her on the ship. Right. Which is terrifying right because if oh, she wanted God, you yeah. dead, you'd be dead that fast. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy uh, to think about. That's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> they have some serious technology behind their ship. And Six says that I'm here to see that you are sentenced to death. <laughs> I mean, it's at this point where if your guy is Baltar, you have to be thinking, I've lost the only person really that my only friend. I mean, it's it's sad to say, right? True. No, it's true. Because you know, she's the person 
who got him into this mess, who, you know, you know, manipulated him into getting her where she needed to be in order to access their mainframe and have the attack happen and, you know, implicated him in all of it. But at the same time, she's now the only person who knows the truth. Right. You know, it's like Stockholm syndrome to the extreme. It's like <laughs> she's the only person who knows the truth about him. Yes. And even though she's kind of his captor, she's he's the only she's the only person he can confide in. <laughs> and so it's like that's all he's it's got. Crazy. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy to think about that. Yeah. But we get the opening credits. So I'm here to see that you're sentenced to die. Boom, the credits open. Oof. Pretty, laying it on pretty heavy. <sighs> Not Boy. to, oh, you're a traitor. You need to go to trial. I'm here to make sure they kill you. <laughs> right. That, Oof. now, it's funny that you say that. Now that I'm thinking about it. She lays it on a little thick. Mm. And she does it a few different ways, doesn't she? Yeah, no. I mean, she's laying, I mean, she's got, she knows she's got to get her point across to Job. I, I mean, Gaius. <laughs> so she lays it on thick we get opening credits and then we cut back to the cic adama is concerned with these startling accusations he says these, these are startling accusations startling accusations and then of course guyers pretends he doesn't know this woman and she isn't surprised she wouldn't have recognized me just a lowly clerk or whatever the fuck she tries to say first of all you're six feet tall and you're a 10 you're not going to be was, forgotten. Knock I became off. a lowly tech clerk after my illustrious career as a supermodel. Right. Jesus Christ. But this is also the first moment we see Gaius really heavily go on the offensive because he's, you know, he's asks how she got that information. And she says it was that same doctor who he was right. afraid of revealing it earlier that he gave it to her. And he goes and immediately shouting at her. Yes. Oh, how convenient he's dead. And you're the only proof your word. Yes. Which is a solid point. Absolutely. He makes great points. And that's when she says, well, sorry, pal, I have evidence. And everyone moves into a room near the command in a combat information center to view this evidence. Uh, Six mentions her floppy disk. Yeah. Six mentions the explosive device. Guys is like, well, I definitely didn't do that. And you could just see the honesty. You know, obviously he know he didn't do that. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And it's at this point. Now, I also just realized that not only does their paper not have corners, their CDs don't have corners. Everything. That's an inside (laughs) joke about saving budget, cutting corners, literally. Oh, that's so good. cool, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who knew the future would streamline everything by just taking the corners off? (laughs) It's awesome. Now, it's at this point where you must be thinking while you're watching this, Matt. You must be thinking, okay, wait a second. This is bullshit evidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Either, you know, the other thought like, that what, you, what was going mind, through your head here? One thought that came up as you actually, you know, they play the video and you see Gaius walking in there. I went, okay, maybe this is footage of Gaius just walking through that, you know, going to work. He was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like going to work like he was normally. And I, I also honestly wondered if we were going to get a reveal that even when he was on uh, Caprica and Six was with him there and he thought she was a human that even then she was actually just in his head and that this was footage of them walking together that he thought, but we were only seeing him. And I thought he was going to realize that, oh shit, she's always been in my head, but nope. I think it's just heavily manipulated footage. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going through your head at this point? Like, I mean, I, I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck is the point of doing this? Why is she doing this? What's the, what's her motivation? Yeah. As we of course learn is, there's a few <laughs> that we can speculate as to her motivation here and we're going to get to it. But yeah, whenever she mentioned the explosive device guys, he's like, I, I definitely didn't do that. Adama's not convinced, right? He's like, uh, it could be anybody. And guys is like, thank you, commander. 
And then, of course, uh, <laughs> Thank six, you so much. Right, six presses on the reflection, saying that once it's cleared up, it will re- reveal his face. And then Adamus, right on the spot, suspends the project and revokes his security clearance. So, boom, he is shut down immediately under suspicion. I like, you know, Adama still shows restraint here. He's not, you know, coming to any judgments, but he, it's a pretty reasonable thing to be like, okay, look, this is a crazy intense accusation and she does have some evidence that we can't ignore. So for the time being, this is how it's going to have to be. I think it's totally reasonable. I'm with you. Again, totally, you know. It's too risky, you know, to let him wander as he's being accused. Yeah, yeah, and he's not, you know, putting him in the brig already or anything, right. but he's just saying, uh, let's, we're going to keep your hands off of our, you know, yeah. nuclear warheads for a little bit, okay, <laughs> until we get this sorted out. We don't need you blowing up half the goddamn Galactica, so we're going to chill yeah, they, you out. They just had minute. a suicide bombing like two days ago, right. so <laughs> don't fucking blame them. <laughs> we move over to the deck, which is a, a kind of a sub-story brewing here, and um, oh, we see Callie going over Starbucks notes on the Raider, while the chief is crawling around inside the raider, it's totally disgusting. Tyrrell isn't oh, yeah. happy. Callie thinks this is all very funny. And then Ty <laughs> checks up on the raider intelligence and uh, nothing doing yet. So did you foresee this uh, being something that was going to be in the show? I didn't know if it was going to be in this particular episode, but I knew that raider was going to come back. I was like, okay. how? I mean, there's no way she pilots this working Cylon ship onto their ship and it does not come up ever again. Like right. that, that was something I can't, I did. Yeah. I remember thinking that I was like, okay, when are we going to see that again? Like, that's crazy. That's such a huge, because one of the biggest things that's easy to forget since the, the Cylon interaction has still been just, you know, basically just space battles. And now just recently a Cylon came on board and, you know, sure. you know, attacked them, but otherwise it's been very distant. And on top of that, before the series, they had no contact with the Cylons for 40 years. So any piece of their technology that they can absolutely get their hands on and do what they want with and research, I'm imagining that's got to be a high priority. Sure, absolutely. Captured Cylon tech is a, is a big bonus. Oh, yeah, big time. We quickly move over to the sick bay. We see Starbuck doing and what I guess is some PT. Lee mocks her. Doc Coddle's watching while smoking. Guy's so grizzled. Oh, miss so grizzled. They like this is a guy who was a doctor at in MASH and then they froze him and reawoke him in Battlestar Galactica times. I know, Just right? The most grizzled old chain smoking doctor from the fifties. Uh you know what's funny about him? He's the chief medical officer on the Galactica. And if I am not mistaken, I think he's a colonel. I think he's the same rank as Ty. No way. I think he is. Wow. But he's I guess not that makes he's sense. not a battle he's he's not like a bridge guy. He's just a straight up doctor. Yeah. Um, that's probably just represents his pay. <laughs> <laughs> and he can still, you know, tell sergeants to fuck off. Oh, easily. Yeah. He could tell them all to fuck off, honestly, <laughs> except the fuck off, I'm not going to be a doctor today. I'm just going to smoke. <laughs> I think he is. I am not a hundred percent on that. He is yeah. the chief medical officer. I know that much for certain, but for, for some reason, I think he is a colonel. Um, well, but now I, he's like surgeon general of the human race. Also, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Jesus. He's powerful, powerful. And as my first passing of Surgeon General, I make smoking mandatory. Right. (laughs) Funny shit. What do you think about his smoking? I know he's not, I know there's not much to say about the guy, but. Well, it's funny. It's funny to see him in any interaction with Rosalind, who, you know, he's so finger wagging about how she handles her cancer. Right. While he fucking chain smokes. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) 
you know you and you know that like Roslyn's so fucking discerning. You know that's gotta piss her off. You're just right. Like, oh, you, I fucking know you're in there just huffing lucky so strikes. <laughs> you dick. You're gonna be mad about what I do with my titty cancer. Yeah, exactly. So Cottle tells her that the PT's gonna hurt. Lee mocks her each inch she takes on the floor. And, and, uh, and it's so it is so obvious from the jump that this is Lee's way. He's mocking her, but this is so his way of trying to encourage her. Of course, he's trying so hard. He's, of course, he, yeah. And for although for a flash second when they first cut into the sick bay and we see Lee there with crutches, I was like, did he also get injured? And I forgot. <laughs> like <laughs> I had a minute there because you know, like we said last episode is the very first time he doesn't even appear. Sure. And I was trying to remember our last time seeing him. I was like, he didn't bust his leg too, right? Shit. <laughs> But he's just being an asshole. He's just being a, a goof. And of course, <laughs> Kara can't do it. She retreats to the bed, despite Cottle telling her that laying around won't help her get better. He also says, we're weaning you off the meds. She's, of course, pissed off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this this surprised me. I did not expect this. I expected the very, like, let's go. I'm ready to charge out of here, Starbuck. Like, all right, let's. Uh, I want to be done with this. But this reaction of hers did take me by surprise. Like, ah, frack all of you. I just want to lay down. I'm done. I'm I'm glad you said that because I was, if you weren't going to, I was going to say, I just didn't want to steal your glory if you made the connection. <laughs> I, I thought it. the same thing. It's very, it seems like it would be so uncharacteristic and that's why it's so good because it is realistic. She's three-dimensional, this character. She does that's want to lay around and just chill out for a little while. She wants people to kind of feel sorry for her a little bit, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think that comes not just, not from, her injury, but from all right. of the the stress along with Adama and you know her her main father figure really and the person she probably respects the most at this point you know in her life almost had a like permanent falling out with her <laughs> in a way sure. and they've reconciled since but there was a major thing I think she's just like Jesus God can I just get some R and R for a minute here right and they haven't gotten much since the onset of the Cylon attacks no so definitely not. I can see where she's coming from, and it's just cool. She's not just a stereotypical, I'm a soldier, I, then my men need me bullshit, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. She can't be the, and nobody can be the endless, no. flawless, right. nonstop warrior. I also like that we see that she is, it just rounds her out, knowing that she's like, I'll take my fucking pills. Give me the pills, Jack. I'll, yeah. You know what I mean? She's not afraid to be like, give me the pills for the pain. And that's all For I want. Sure. You know, she, you can tell like if they're not careful, she could get dependent on shit like that. Yeah. And she does. And that's one thing about her that strikes me kind of like as like a, a trucker or something, or it's like, I'm not above just doing what I need to do to, to make sure I get shit done. Yes. Like, whatever. My leg hurts. Give me the damn pills. <laughs> like Right. Back when she had to take the, uh, the stims and she gave yeah. Lee a hard time, but probably more. And I think we discussed this, but probably more because <laughs> He was just pussyfooting, and she didn't want him to be pussyfooting around. She just wanted him to say it and to act like a goddamn cag. But we've seen her take <laughs> exactly. the meds, like you said, in that trucker mentality. Do it's got to be done. Definitely. Nice. Also, for a point of reference here, it's only been eight days. Since? Since she was stranded. Oh, okay. Wait, since she was stranded or recovered? Stranded. She only stranded 40-something hours. It's oh, been eight right. days since that episode in the timeline. Gotcha. If, okay. that, if that helps, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Right. So that's pretty cool. I like that we have that. I had to actually look that up because I, I had some questions about the episode when I started to think about things a little bit more, but we'll come to that in a few minutes. And I'm glad I never hesitate to look stuff like that up so you can tell me about it because there's so much right. stuff like that that I want to look up. You and with can't. this damn show, I can't do it. 
I'm resisting. I, and I, I know I probably bring it up at least once every episode, but I got to impress it on everybody. <laughs> I have so – it is so hard with a show that is fully complete. Every episode out there exists as lo- along with prequel shows and all this information and all the wikis you could ever want to tell you every damn detail of everything. I could look it up in two seconds, but I refuse. I refuse. Except for no spoilers. It's so hard sometimes. Because like that, I mean, I, there are so often I just want to be like, how many days has it been since the last episode? Like, how long have it been out here? Like, it's just, just timeline stuff. But I don't dare look because I don't want to spoil shit. I appreciate your conviction. Mm-hmm. So Gaius calls Roslyn because he's not sure who to call. Yeah. I like Ugh. this vulnerability from him. I like that he decides to call her because he's been staying on Colonial One, except for now that he's moved over to the Galactica to do the work, right? But exactly. He, he started with, oh, I'm going to advise her and blah, 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 and they might need my smarts. And he almost feels like he might have a connection. And this just shows the desperation. I mean, he really doesn't have a connection with this woman, especially the way she treats him at the end, which I can't wait to talk about. Ooh, okay. But Rosalind is shocked at the accusations. At least that's what she says. Gaius asks yeah. to come back to Colonial One, and she says, I'm sorry, you can't do that. Um, you're on a no-fly list. You got to stay there. Gaius tells Rosalind that this woman has it out for him, and uh, he, he's desperate. He starts to get desperate, and she says, um, you know, he's like, this now, woman may be a Cylon agent. I was just going to say, I was trying to remember, this is the first time he yes. actually says that. Yeah, That's he right. brings it up to someone that she could, in fact, be a Cylon, which for, for the first time ever, he knows for sure. He knows for sure. And, and it's then, not that unreasonable of a thing to say. No, no, yeah. And, and suspicion is already aroused a little bit about her showing up like this, but not, you know, what the evidence she brings along with her is still enough for them to look into things. But yeah, I don't blame him for trying to play this card right now. Right. And then we get a little plot point inserted in here and that's Rosalind goes out. Oh man. Yeah. No, if this had been a commercial break and I had to wait and wonder what, see what happened, I would have been really wondering like, Oh fuck. Has her cancer gotten way worse? Like, is, right. is she just like, is this the end? Like, is she not going to make it out of the first season? crazy and then of course uh billy billy uh tries to take care of her he turns to face the press it it leaks uh he yells something about a stomach bug and then of course we cut to coddle seeing rosalind he's very upset with her of course as you said he finger wags her about her handling of her cancer but she did triple her dosage without talking to him first and uh he's not too pleased with that he tells her you can't cure cancer with overdose and I believe yeah. it's the Kamala extract, right? Isn't this the alternative treatment she's been seeking? I think so. I'm trying to remember exactly what he said in that scene, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty not sure, sure they even is. say exactly, but he does say the dosage was one and she took three. Right. Not good. Rosalind and explains, the way this, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say the way it got leaked, I think was uh, in that initial when Billy finds her and then puts out a radio message to get the doctor that, that that evidently he didn't realize that transmission I that see. little box was like the public announcement transmission box that goes Makes out sense. to the entire fleet. Makes sense. Yeah. An honest mistake, innocent mistake. Totally. In in a time of like serious concern. Unless he's a Cylon. I don't know. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> don't you be throwing me those red hairs. <laughs> anyway, um she has to get a shot in the butt. She's not pleased, but he also tells her that. Not that kind of shot. Not that kind of shot. Do me a favor. Pull up your skirt, but keep your heels on. Bend right over. Um, (laughs) He tells her that a time will come when you're not going to be able to hide this. And that's a fucking, that's some grim shit. Yeah. 
This is true. Although, hey, uh, you know, what was uh, Franklin? Franklin Roosevelt? He got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> got away right. with it for most of his presidency, if not all. So this next scene is fascinating. We have a Dama meeting with Shelley. Oh, yeah. This is great. great this scene. is so great. Oh, I love the end of this scene. <laughs> so Adama is talking to her. Adama tells her that Gaius is right about the convenience of it all. He's like, you know, this seems awfully convenient. And he's like, you know, Amrak just happens to bring you evidence right before he dies. And that's when she says, well, Amrak was convinced that the Olympic carriers infiltrated by Cylons. And he wants, then why give it to you? And that's when she says, well, we love each other. Yeah. He... <laughs> See, I love that that's where he went to right away with her in conversation with, well, why do you give it to you? Like he presses her and and the answer she gives is unconvincing. And that's why I think she goes into the emotional stuff. Like she knows that he's a little more precise. I mean, she basically warned Gaius about him of like, he sees right through you. He's seeing your shit. You know, you can't handle a person like him. And she is, I think, not up to the challenge either because he presses her. Why did he give it to you? And she goes, right. well, he was a friend and I loved him. And then I, I can just imagine her thought process being like, oh, this is not working as good as I thought. I better cry and get emotional and sure. get real pretty next to him. Like she's going through those like tactics. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, you know, she talks about <laughs> feeling alone and you know what it's like to want to be held again, right? And he's like, of course, I got a boner right now. <laughs> of course. This uniform is so tight. Man, she is beast uh, uh, that little kiss you just lays on him i'm like oh and to again, super close up oh yeah and to his credit i mean adama does not react at all not he, non-visibly. He, doesn't, he doesn't even doesn't even so much as push his lips out i mean he just sits there and then when she pulls back he stands up and we cut to him on the phone with ty you need to put a watch on her something is up brilliant Love it. So good. He sees right through that shit. Sees absolutely. I mean, I'm sure that he still went back over there and took advantage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let me ask. So yeah, let's not talk about after he, she leaves and he slams that door shut and locks it and breaks out the lotion. <laughs> but let me ask you something. What do you think's going on at this point? Because we have this woman saying she's Shelly Godfrey accusing guys of treason Mm-hmm. you're convinced that they share, you're, you're pretty convinced they share consciousness. Yes. Does six strike you as somebody who would press this hard and be this obvious and shout, I want him dead. And uh, do you think that this is a case of Shelley Godfrey sabotaging herself to not totally implicate guys Baltar? Do you I, think this is Shelley Godfrey it's... acting alone and she's not as competent as six? No, I think it is a case of Six not wanting to fully sabotage uh, Baltar. I think she is putting on, you know, she is doing it in a theatrical way um, in order to bring him to his moment of having a crisis of faith, that whole thing. So you think that this is all part of the plan, that she's going to lay it on a little thick, get them a little bit suspicious, so he is not fully implicated with this evidence? I think so. I think that is... this all of her being on board, and one thing we haven't still mentioned yet, how crazy it is to see Six interacting with Adam and it's all great. these other people. It's so like it's so jar. It is so pleasantly jarring. It's such a, a twist I never could have seen coming in this show. Of like, and in the next episode, that mysterious figure who's all in the head of Gaius is going to be sitting there in the same room talking to Adama. It's like, right. Whoa, what? Like, I did not see any of this coming. 
and it's great. It's so good. Um, but no, yeah, I think her entire time on the ship, all of it is one big machination to get Gaius in a truly vulnerable place and get him saying what she wants to hear him saying. And so I think all of this, you know, this is six all through and through. This is not some rogue copy of six. Like, and and like this, you know, I know you could, you could say that, well, maybe this is uh, a six copy. You know, this is a six model of the Cylon, but she's on the, she's going through a Cylon mission. This is the one on a Cylon mission, totally unrelated to the six that talks to Gaius, but nope, I think she controls them all. Based on? Based on the sharing of a consciousness and, uh, and the fact that I think this is just, her plan. It's her plan. This all, everything that this particular six posing as Shelly is doing is geared toward, uh, making Gaius talk. It's, it's all about Gaius. And so I, so I think that it still just further goes to show as evidence that she controls every copy. Right. I mean, they it all would be control a their own real, copies. real coincidence. Yeah. Out, that, it would be a real coincidence t- just timing wise. Right. Exactly. Just that they would use wise, a six a model. Funky. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I got you, but I guess we'll we'll see. Though we'll see. <laughs> so, Cylon occupied Caprica. Twenty four days in. Oof. Let's run through the Cylon occupied Caprica stuff. Yeah, so should we course, do the whole? Yeah, whole we'll Caprica do it like game. We do it. We'll do it like we do it. <laughs> well, we cut to seeing them running. Centurions, hot pursuit. Hot pursuit. Centurions. They continue to run, and then they escape, presumably. Hilo puts Boomer to bed, and then he puts her to bed. <laughs> Boy. Well, it's a real bed. What would you think of the glowing spine on, a, on another one? I So that's a, <laughs> that is a standard feature in all Cylon <laughs> <laughs> models, that they get a glowy red sex spine when, the, when they're glowy in the midst of it. Glowy red sex spine. That's a thing. Haven't seen that since the miniseries, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And there's not much else that happens on Caprica, right? Not really, right? Nothing. I mean, the, the the last time we see them together is when they're actually having sex, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. There we he, go. After they, after they, all we do is we get a quick glimpse of them fleeing uh, and then yeah. hiding near that overpass while the other ones look down. And then yes. we cut away. We have all this episode shit that happens between them. When we cut back to them, he's putting her to bed, literally. He's like, you, they flip a coin and then he's like, oh, you sleep. No, I can't. And then he like, forcibly lays her down <laughs> and then well, she grabs him smooching yes or right or no that's that's just after but yeah. that's after but him know, admitting they, that oh i always wanted to be chief in that yeah, whole situation yeah, yeah. we all knew what was going on that whole thing and this boomer this cylon boomer indulges his <laughs> his fantasy he gorilla fucks her in the rain which is hot <laughs> but <laughs> oh <laughs> no what do you think? Um, what do you think of this? What does it mean? Anything? You just fucking? <laughs> I mean, I guess again, the same way that that six has some larger plan for Gaius and some reason for manipulating him. There's gotta be some reason for manipulating Hilo and and keeping him safe. Like, there's, I don't know. There there must be a reason. That they're keeping him safe and guiding him along and trying to gain his trust because that's the only reason that this boomer would sleep with him and make him think that she's in love with him as well to further make him vulnerable, to further get him talking and uh, and believing in her. It's just – it's a weird 
it's almost impossible to guess why they would want that because according to their attack plan, they've already nuked the planet, all of their planets, and the human race is up against the ropes. Why get in there to individual human beings and try to gain their trust like and extract information from them, keep them safe? It doesn't make sense. It's crazy to think about why they would be doing it because Boomer is somebody who, if she decides to, based on her security clearance, can do a fuckload of damage to the galactic. We start with the G4 detonators. Yes. I mean, that could have been way worse if she, say, planted them on the combat information center. Oh, I mean, yeah, she could sure. wipe out the fucking ship. She could do a lot of damage. Yeah. And with Hilo stranded on the planet, why go back for him and why put him into this maze? Yes, exactly. And they even said, look, if he's going to retreat, which is fascinating. In the episode prior, they said, if he's going to retreat, he dies. If he goes looking for captured you, he lives. So him retreating from, from the idea of her being captured is not completely unreasonable, right? Yeah. To be yeah. like, all right, if he goes south, he might be trying to regroup and figure something out. Maybe he's going to try to get off planet and then come back with forces to rescue her. Plus, he's wounded. Yeah, how much and he's of a fucking fighting there. Cylons. They're like yeah. every, they're everywhere. The place is destroyed. It's a, it's a suicide mission in a sense. And honestly, it would be if they wanted him dead. If oh, they yeah. weren't Already. protecting him, he would be a goner. No question. Oh, sure. Dead in the woods, blown and blown, blown to shit. Every single interaction, every single engagement he's had with the Cylons is a ploy. Like they're all, all of the Centurions even are are acting. You know, they're yeah. they're letting yes. themselves be killed. They're holding back. They're putting on this whole facade to move him along. And it makes me wonder if they're still trying to learn something about the human condition and human beings. And like, this is all like a a social experiment for them to, to figure out human beings better, maybe to better, I don't know, manipulate them or copy them, interact with them. I don't know, because otherwise I'm having, I'm having a hard time imagining tactically what you could gain from any of this. Yeah. Yeah, because you could you could conduct these experiments without nuking all the colonies. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, right. It seems like if you're trying to if this if the goal of the Cylons is a war to wipe out all humans, they're like ninety five percent of the way there, and now they're dilly dallying, like you know, in a way, because it's like, well, if Very that's your point. only goal, you're base you're there, fucking right. step over the finish line, right, right. So, yeah, it's weird. Like, there's something else they want. It's not just a total victory and, and crushing of, of humans. Well, we know that they literally want Hilo to want her. That, that's yes, something yeah. they've made clear based on their interactions in episodes prior. I hope you're more convincing with him, I think Doral said. Yeah, absolutely. And now they're fucking. <laughs> they be fucking. Six is manipulating, at least it seems to be, Gaius. She's banging him too, at least in his head. And she seems, there's a common denominator here, right? There's two women Cylon trying to manipulate two men, (laughs) which is funny. Mm. Oh, of course. But James Bond would be fucking warning them all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we get back to the evidence lab. We have Gaeta working on the image, and then he steps into the bathroom where Gaius follows him. (laughs) I love this scene. It's such a weird scene. <laughs> so uncomfortable. So Gaius uh, follows him in. So uh, so how are you doing? He's whispering to him through the stall. Uh, Gaius <laughs> is just funny here. He's whist- He whistles the original BSG theme music, which is funny. Oh, he does? Yeah. I did not catch that. And then um, 
Gaius tells Gaeta how valuable he's been to him with the experimentation. And Gaeta responds by saying, that makes me very happy to hear. It means a lot to me. Do you believe Gaeta? Um, at this point, I still do. You know, I, it, he's talked a lot before about how much he's looked up to him for a long time. And he's Indeed. kind of one of his heroes. Indeed. Hmm. Is there one is person why... on the Galactica that likes him? Is it Gaeta? Wait, what'd you say? It seems to be the one person that likes him on this ship. I mean, Starbuck kind of too. Exactly. She seems to tolerate the the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think that was exactly, you know, uh, Gaius's bet here was to go to Gaeta, who he knows looks up to him and admires him, hopefully still likes him, and see if he can't <laughs> let, you know, use him as an excuse to get in there and, and let, you know, maybe he'll let me in the door. Right. Gaius is trying to survive at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's so desperate. And so if that means he get in trouble by gaining access to something, he's fine with that. Because as Ex- far as he's exactly. can, right? That, I know you want to talk about that. Yeah, that's the thing. That's where, you know, in these moments, in these moments of desperation, he will throw <laughs> his principles or, or morality, whatever you want to call it, kind of out the window a little bit. Whereas I don't, I think Lee or, uh, you know, the commander would take their licks here. They just kind of would like, all right. I'm going to fucking ride out the storm and the truth will prevail. Whereas he's like, I'll fucking do anything. (laughs) Like, you know, he kind of starts to spaz in a way that you can't totally blame him for. But if that means stepping on somebody's back a little bit, he's, he's more okay with it than I think a lot of our other characters would be. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. And that's where he becomes more of a complicated character. You know, if he's for sure, he, he knows for sure. So put yourself in guys' shoes. You know 100% that you never once actively conspired against humanity. Yeah. You know that you had a relationship with a woman that was unprofessional and according to her led to the compromising of the defense mainframe, which you didn't really have control over in your mind. And it's a horrible, horrible thing that has happened as a result of your negligence. But you never, you're not a, you're not somebody who's trying to cause the genocide. You're not a, you're not colluding. You're not trying to hurt people. It's just that you were wrapped up with this woman and you were compromised. Come to find out, targeted and likely manipulated into this, as she reveals in the miniseries. Yeah, no, he was just a part of her means of executing this plan. Yeah. Now, you get on board this ship. You know that that's still a thing. So you have to make sure that it doesn't lead to the big lie. That the small lie doesn't lead to the big lie. Kind of like we had in Litmus. The small lies can't be used to convict you of the big lie. In other words, when the chief is banging Boomer, that does not mean that they are colluding with Cylons. <laughs> exactly. Right? So in this case, you have Gaeta in this wacky situation, excuse me, uh, Gaius in this wacky situation where he knows that that's not him, that he didn't bring an explosive into this place, that he didn't do anything willingly like this. And now there's being evidence pr- put up against you that you know is bullshit. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. That's so for sure. If I'm Gaius, a couple things are going through my head. A, for a split second, for a split second, do you think Gaius wonders if he's possibly a Cylon? Ooh, you know, that didn't even cross my mind. That has to be there, though. He, you know, I think a lot of other people, I think, hell, probably most everyone else would not think that. I think he's one of the very few, maybe the only person smart enough to go, fuck, maybe I'm one and don't even know it. Like, that's. I would imagine that possibility goes through his head. He's smart enough to maybe see that. 
but then I'm sure he's also arrogant enough to toss it right back out the window. Right. And, and, and he does have some facts that are in his favor to say that that's not the case. For, for example, the entire manipulation wouldn't make any sense. True. Unless exactly. you're trying to use him as some kind of deep plant, you know, that he doesn't. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's that. The other thing is, is that you know it didn't happen. And if you're like, you know what? I'm going to apply if, – if Gata is the, the stopgap for my life on bullshit evidence – I'm going to try to use Gata to get rid of the bullshit evidence. It's funny, you know, you say Adama and or Lee might just sit back and take their licks on this, maybe, but Geis doesn't. And I think that's one of the things that makes him interesting, that he's compelled to act in in favor of self-interest, even if it means stepping on Gata a little bit, who will survive. Gata will survive if if Gaius gets past him and, and does his thing. So you're compromising True. something on the one hand, maybe trust with Gata, but are you really acting in a in a false or, or in a amoral way or immoral way, I should say, by, yeah. by trying to go through Gata to get yourself cleared. It's, it's, a, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's just so much of it has to do with his, just his attitude. Because yeah, if, if it was Adama in this situation and Adama said, Gata, listen to me. You know this is false. You know what kind of man I am. You know that I would never do something like this. I need you to double check. Like, in other words, I could see Adama really pushing it, but coming at it from a different angle. Whereas Guys yeah. isn't making claims that he's some higher moral purpose or some higher moral guy. Uh, he's just like, this is yeah. bullshit. I'm getting framed. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, Gata exits quickly, and um, Gaius spots Shelly in the stall. Now, this is a great scene. Oh, yeah. That he kicks open her door, for one. Right. And that she maintains her conviction throughout. The whole time. Never. What does this and I was, tell you? I am not even sure. I I was 100% sure that there was going to come a moment where she kind of glances around and then you hear that ding, 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 six of music course, come on. And she's right? like, yeah, of course. you fucker. You of know, course. I'm pissed at you. That's exactly what I was thinking was going to happen. Never happens. Never happens. Never relents. Why? And maybe that's Why just not her. say that? Why not twist the knife a little if you're trying to manipulate him? I mean, I guess she thinks she just doesn't need to. And she's right. Uh, you know, the plan's already in full swing. Everything she wants to be happening to guys isn't happening. You know, and I think that might be, you know, it's funny because we're drawing all these parallels between her as a Cylon and how interesting it is that she shares so many human qualities, like these feelings and this jealousy right. and anger. Right. But at the same time, maybe this is one of those moments where she, this is her at her Cylon fullest, where <laughs> she can maintain. That, uh, you know, she doesn't have to twist the knife in, in glee, uh, you know, you know, over what she's doing and, and all that. But she doesn't need that satisfaction. She is a cold, calculating machine. She can stick to her, you know, original plan, you know, unflinchingly. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, or maybe that is to cause doubt in the future about her. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I like about this a lot is it reminds me of the Dr. Amrak, the, the, the episode with the Olympic carrier. Yeah. Which was, I believe, the sleep episode, right? 33? I, so. I think it was. Where, yeah, yeah. um, because they had, Lee had to blow it up at the end. Right. And this is something, you know, we talk about the timing of things that happen in guys' head and then in real life, which makes us go, there's got to be communication here because it's almost like as Gaius was begging six, you know, I'll do whatever I have to. And then boom, all of a sudden they realize the implicarrier carrier's bullshit. You know, there's a weird real-time communication in these manipulations, which makes it almost too perfect. And that's the that's the part of me that goes, 
I think because because six is still you know a Cylon and connected to the other Cylons and connected to you know because the, uh, like if if what I think is true that every Cylon consciousness is shared among all its copies, then the Cylon standing on Caprica that looks like six knows everything that the six on board or not on board physically, but that's connected to Gaius knows. And the same as the one that is connected right. to Gaius sees and knows everything. The one on Caprica knows. So I think she is, I think her plan with Gaius, if this is my theory, anyways, her plan with Gaius is a rogue one. And the rest of the Cylon fleet, the Cylon intelligence, whatever you want to refer to it as is not aware of it, but she is still aware of what the Cylon larger plan is the fleet wide plan and so she's still reacting to that and using that information to guard uh Gaius as well that's why you know she can coordinate how she where she wants him to be and how she manipulates him in accordance to with what she knows is coming under Cylon orders I like it we move back to the deck Boomer goes to chat with Tyrrell as he works on the raider and Boomer starts to say some pretty weird shit here, doesn't she? Weird. This is so weird. This is like, what were you thinking? This is me. This is me as the Cylon general calling you in after the <laughs> mission going, what the fuck was that shit? Our whole goal here is to be, to look like them and not arouse suspicion. Mm. So and, yeah. we've talked about, we've talked about Boomer quite a bit, of course, oh, with yeah. the water episode being a classic among them. This woman wakes up from a fugue. She's confused, doesn't know where she is. She starts finding these detonators all over the place. And we in, we discussed that it's possibly that these sleeper agents just get hit with a switch. The switch goes off, they start their missions. We Now what we're seeing is something maybe a little different. What, why, why act this way? What is she being triggered because of her closest to another Cylon? Is she in a situation where she's pissed off at the chief and and, and, and acting out against him because of the words, because of him questioning her about the causeway in the litmus episode? Why, what, what, what do you think is causing her to say things like, um, one of the things she says, this is a telling, a telling quote, Boomer tells him that it isn't a thing, but maybe a Cylon. Mm -hmm. That's a distinct piece of language you're using there, Boomer. Oh, yeah. Because humans and, think Cylons are things. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're saying it's, it is a being with its own consciousness. Right. And then she says, but maybe it's more akin to an animal than a human model, she says. Genetically designed to be a fighter. Can't treat it like a thing and expect a response. Treat it like a pet. At least that's my guess, she says. <coughs> He's like, your guess? Right. <laughs> yeah. My guess. Huh. Sounds a little specific for a guess, but okay. What odd behavior out of out of Galactica Boomer? So odd, very. And and I think it's like the it's probably mostly the former thing you said of she has sub some subconscious connection to this big raw piece of Cylon equipment that <clears throat> I don't think it was ever in the plan for a Cylon sleeper agent you know who believes they're a human being to come into this close right. of contact with you know a cylon ship or an you know a cylon centurion or something i don't think that's supposed to happen 
Um, and I think that's kind of what it is. But I do like the point you made of maybe it is Boomer just going, oh, you think I'm a fucking Cylon? You're going to question me on that? And he's going to come out here and start saying weird shit and like, ooh, Cylon shit, just to be like a kind of an asshole. You know but how then, broads get. <laughs> getting all <laughs> shitty with you. No, but um, but then but what, what would make no sense about that is at the end of the episode, her reaction to the idea of being called a Cylon right. is so – so violent revolting. and so truly revolting, you know. And so that seems like she wouldn't be willing to take that risk uh, of dilly dallying as like, oh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. <laughs> Fuck you for even asking, you know. If the very notion makes her that upset. One thing I like about this. One thing I like about good writing. One of the one of the hallmarks of good writing, I guess, is what I'm trying to blather about. <laughs> is is that I like it when 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 everybody on all teams make mistakes. Yes. And and I like that. And we could, we could speculate that while the Cylons aren't perfect, they're figuring shit out too. You could almost argue that they're evolving along the way and they're prone to mistakes as well. The bad guys are not flawless in their planning. They make fucking mistakes. And maybe it is, as you said, this raw piece of Cylon machinery has triggered something in her to behave this way. Or maybe she's just being, you know, nasty. (laughs) <laughs> it's tough to say. I think, you know, cause I do think it probably really is just that it's seeing and being up close in contact with that Cylon yeah. technology is awakening some subconscious connection. And t- to her own mind, she really does think she's just guessing. She's probably just having this, a kind of stream of consciousness moment sure. with it and just saying what's coming to mind, not realizing that her deep down subconscious connection is a very literal one. I like it. But um, but yeah, no, and I also, as far as the writing's concerned, I totally agree. One of my biggest pet peeves when criticizing a piece of television or a movie is when people are like, oh, what a mistake. You know, this character does this, which is like a bad decision, and that's a mistake. And I'm like, yeah, people make mistakes and right. make bad decisions. Like, that's a realistic portrayal of of people and war. It's great. That that's something Game of Thrones is brilliant at. You know, you know, you get this character who makes this decision that two seasons later or a season later leads to their death. And at yeah. the time you think, what a good decision. What a, what a moral choice. Well, didn't think that one through, did you? <laughs> Not all the way to the end. <laughs> so back on the sick bay, this is incredible. One of my favorite scenes of the show. Oh, I love it. It's yeah. so good. You know what I like? <laughs> There's so much I like about this, but let's, let's send the scene. So, sure. We see Starbuck laying down. Ty walks in. Heard you were supposed to be on your feet. You heard wrong, she says. And he retorts, I knew you wouldn't bounce back so fast. And uh, (laughs) that's when he mentions that the chief asks him to come kick her ass out of bed. But clearly, you still need the rest. (laughs) Take your time. Picks up her medical chart. (laughs) Plunks it back into the little holder. Like, whatever. I love this shit out of Ty. He knows exactly how to motivate these people, this, this, this woman, right? Oh Nobody God, else yes. can, but he does, which is funny because they have no respect for each other. <laughs> and I love that she calls him on it right away. She knows what he's doing. Oh, you really think this cheap reverse psychology crap is going to work on me? You know, you think that, you know, I care. And, you know, he's, I love his responses. Just, I don't care what you think of yep. me. I just want you to know that every day you're in that bed, it confirms my opinion of you. Right. Boom, done. Walks Boom, out. done. As and you were, he says. <laughs> yeah. And she's still sitting there, knows that even what oh, he yeah. just said is part of the reverse psychology. 
but she just can't stand it to yep. hear that. Oh, I'm confirming your fucking opinion. Like, I know what you're doing, but fuck you. Oh, like you, you can just it's great. tell it's great. She I can't love even, that. she can't even flip through her cards anymore. She's just like, Oh, Fuck. Yep. Because <laughs> because in the next time we see her, she's in. Oh, she's what goes to the deck on her feet. Oh, it's good. It is off so to the good. flight deck. She goes. But do I? I like this a lot because it shows me that Ty is trying to get shit done in dealing with his crew the way he knows how to deal with his crew. Obviously, yeah. the chief said the chief probably pulled him off and said, "Hey, you got, you got a minute, Colonel? Can you help me out with this? Because if I go in there, she's going to throw shit at me." <laughs> yeah, she's gonna throw her cards right? at me. And me Ty off. just walks in and Mike drops her, and it's <laughs> and it's brilliant because I like it because part of me feels like he knows this is going to work when he does it, and even though he says, "Oh, my, you know, this confirms my opinion of you," maybe, but I also feel like maybe he also maybe there's a little something there too. Oh, for sure. No, he. It's funny because I mean, it's a that's a, also a lie. I mean, he does respect her. He knows right. she's a good. He absolutely knows that she her worth. has all her worth. Her capabilities are a hundred percent there, even though their personalities clash. He, I think, I think it, it, if you put him in a uh, Big Brother house type scenario, or it's him <laughs> in front of a, ca- a camera confessing his real feelings of her, he would probably say, oh, "I can't fucking stand her. She drives me crazy." But I'd recommend her for every commendation and promotion possible. Like she's the, a deserving person and an right. absolutely good you know, soldier. It's just that they can't stand being in the same room with each other. <laughs> yeah. He definitely knows her worth. Oh yeah. So Gaius and Adama have a conversation and Gaius says, I think this woman's a Cylon. I think she needs to be locked up. He's on the offensive. <laughs> yeah. He's, He's getting desperate. Now. Adama wants proof. And this is cut of course with Gaius at his place with his head movies looking around, you know, and he's starting to plead with six, the six that isn't mm. there. I thought we had something special. And again, now this is something where the whole, her whole talk of God and what God is in her mind and everything. What do we see here? The first time where we're really seeing Gaius come apart and start begging for help, begging for you to look, you know, look upon me, help me. Where are you? He's calling for her. He's calling for her. He's calling for her. And it, this is his moment of you know crisis and needing yes. God, but he's calling on six, and that's the part that makes me really wonder what she thinks of as God. Sort of, but don't forget that she doesn't come. No, yeah, no, she does not come here. She does not come despite him pleading for her. Not until he pleads to God does she show up. This is true. And before we even get to that, I love how he just like says, listen, we're making breakthroughs of the silent detection. All I need is a tissue sample. And Adam is like, dude, I can't allow you access to your equipment. And uh, Gaius suggests, well, how about I just have Gaeta do it? I'll instruct him. And then he shuts that down too. And he's like, I'm going to be real clear with you, buddy. If your picture is on that photograph, everything's getting confiscated. We're investigating everybody you have contact with. You're, you're, you're in deep. You're fucked. You're a traitor. Yeah. And then this is going to be a, this is going to be a trial for treason. For sure. And this is cut with the head movies of him saying, I love you, hoping six returns. And then um, he tries to pull Rosalind to his side with Adama by saying, she thinks I'm innocent. He's like, wait, wait, wait. She hopes you're innocent. Hope (laughs) is different than think. Yeah. And then he says, so do I. I hope you are too. But that's also because if you really did do this, then you've made a fool of us both. Right. And I don't like being made a fool of. Right. 
And this is where, again, we see the oscillation between pleading and attacking. And he's like, I don't like being accused of genocide by a woman who might be a Cylon agent. And that sentence holds weight because it's true. None of you guys know who this woman is. At least you know guys has been there the whole time. Yeah. This lady just shows up and accuses him all this shit and then has evidence. How convenient. <laughs> and, you know, one thing I don't think we've even fully talked about before is that Gaius had not, you know, it's revealed already now, but he had not developed a Cylon detector back when he exposed Doral as a Cylon. Right. That was just that kind was of a, a pure piece. guess. <laughs> it was a pure guess that, you know, a six kind of tossed him a bone with. That's right. But at this point, once Doral returned and attacked, that's a confirmed Cylon. You know, they do know that for a fact that he's right. So I think that that's an undergirding part of his reliability that Great has been point. established. Great point. Um, that has not really, it doesn't really get talked about in the show, but that's why I think he has, you know, because he's constantly putting his reliability in question in everybody else's eyes. Like I was saying, he looks like a sweaty lunatic talking to himself and holding his own hand walking down the hallway. I mean, right. there's, I'm sure people are raising their eyebrows going, what the fuck is wrong with Gaius Baltar? <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, this is the guy who exposed that Cylons can be human beings now. This is, he he still has given credibility to his reputation of being a genius. You know, right. he is still upholding that, and I think that goes a long way as far as them still saying, you know, we hope that this isn't true. We he really has do. chips in the bank. Exactly, he has chips in the bank, and he also pointed out the explosives on the CIC. There you go. If that's the boys done work. The boys done work. Now. I did not conspire with the Cylons. I am being convicted in the court of public opinion without trial. Now, that is also a very solid point. A very solid point that is aggressive and he knows will speak to Adama. Yes. A man who is not one to give in to witch hunting. Indeed. You know, loose bullshit like that. He knows how to play this. Oh, yeah. Of even course. though even Adama has seen right through him before, but he's still, yeah, he has observed uh, Adama for a bit longer now. He has seen through him before, and he's not seeing through him now. That's why he hasn't passed any judgments on the man, which is why yeah. I like the way he handles it versus the way Rosalind handles it. Rosalind pisses me off. Like, I knew <laughs> yeah. in my fucking bones you were a traitor, you uh, son of a... I, like, I can't... Oh, I, and I'm so glad to hear you say that because that's how I felt too. I was like, damn, Whoa. Rosalind, shit. Damn. Damn, girl. Slow down <laughs> with your bad self. So the scene ends with Gaius walking uh, the halls and getting dirty licks from the crewmen. From everyone. Indeed. Good Lord. Back at the evidence lab, Gaeta makes a breakthrough. We see the image of Gaius. What are you thinking at this point while you're watching this map? Well, I, you know, I never had any question of like, it's that he did have involvement and wasn't aware or forgotten or was brainwashed or something. I was like, okay, this is just an excellent, an excellent faking. Yeah. But I did still wonder of God, how the hell do you clear it at this point? Like it's a fake, but it's a damn good fake. I mean, there's your face. What happens now? And, uh, and I was going to, I was starting to wonder if it's going to be something that, that six was going to actually take care of for him after he, you know, pleads his obedience to God or something. <laughs> right. It's funny because at this point in the mo- uh, at this point in the episode I, re- I distinctly remember thinking to myself, well, if she wanted to frame him, why go through the bother of making it something that has to be cleared up? It doesn't make yes. any sense to me, right? Why why the rigmarole? Why the why the circus? It doesn't make any sense to me. So that's when I thought, okay, it's his face, but 
she's testing him. She's doing something here. She's 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 proving a point. Yeah. Well, part of what I, I think she's proving that is how much, how far her reach can really go. Like what all she can do. I like it. So you think that there's a temporal lesson here as long as well as a lesson of faith? A little bit, you know, because I, I think, you know, she's, Gaius has gotten used to her being a presence in his head, playing head games with him. And this is also a bit of a reminder of, hey, you piss me off? I can show up in the physical world and really fuck shit up for you. <laughs> like, I am still a force to be reckoned with. I'm not just your your sexy, you know, <laughs> like a devil on your shoulder. Right. Well, a fire alarm goes off. Pretty convenient. Uh-huh. Who do you think pulled that? Our boy, Mr. G, Mr. B. He's no dummy. So he desperately tries, frantically, tries to erase his photograph and fails. Then he's confronted by Adama, Ty, Gata, Marines. I mean, all these guys walk in. (laughs) Who tell him to put the stool down as he's trying to smash the screen, ready to do fucking anything. He's incarcerated, all the while screaming, It was Shelley Godfrey. And uh, (laughs) it um, was Miss Bobbins, Sherry Bobbins. She's a Cylon, and uh, now he needs his attorney. We move back to the flight deck. Starbucks shows up and joins Lee, Callie, and Tyrrell. She shows that she has a kinship with this raider. And uh, if we think about this closely, this is one, one of the reasons I went in to find the timeline, because I thought to myself, okay, she was on that planet for maybe 40 hours and got the thing off the ground. The chief has been with it eight days and hasn't got shit. Exactly. I mean, that's serious. That's serious piloting skill. That's a serious, there's something, there's something funny about that to me. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. And it it does make me wonder, you know, especially with that, that episode, you know, when we first see uh, Starbuck go into the thing and you realize it's like an organic being of some kind. It's not just some machine with a pilot in there. Right. You know, that does make me wonder if it has some kind of like agency and who it allows to control it. Or something. I like where and you're must, going. That's some wild shit right there. Yeah. And, and because I, otherwise, you know, if it were just a machine with buttons to turn it on, buttons to turn it off, buttons to do this, well, <laughs> then anybody can press them and anybody can turn it on. But it's like, why would he, you know, even if he just went in there, you know, basically based off of what she does, you know, she presses a pedal, presses something with her foot, squeezes, you know, when she was piloting the thing, she was just squeezing different veins. And it's like, if you just went in there and squeezed every single vein you could see, eventually it would do something. It would shiver or fart or do whatever, you know. Right. It, it's kind of strange that he couldn't get a single sound out of the thing, you know. He, he, he describes that he couldn't get it to, to even so much as move. I like it. Well, he en- it, she ends up getting the damn thing moving, and uh, he's like, don't shoot anything, please, because <laughs> it's locked and loaded. And uh, we cut back to the brig, and this is our big moment where Rosalind visits Gaius. Oh, I'm so sorry, she says. And uh, Gaius is like, thank you so much. And uh, and then he's like, you're, of course, here to free me. I, great. As I look- she sits down, like, I'm not making motions for them to come unlock your cell. And he's shocked. I love how he's genuinely shocked by this. Yeah. And then she just says, why did you do it? And he says, this is crazy. You're, you're convicting me over a photograph. Yeah. And that's yeah. when um, he tells her that, this woman's a Cylon. Roslyn's not feeling it. And she almost loathes him. Like the way she looks at him just disturbs me. 
Yes. No, I agree. And, you know, she says that, you know, she's a silent, like mimicking what he's saying in that whole, yes. like, oh, look at you, you sniveling coward. You have to, all you've got in your pouch of defenses is calling everybody a Cylon. You know, she just right. doesn't even believe it anymore, almost. And all this woman has is a photograph of his face. Yeah. You know, and, and they're ready. And shit. Roslyn's like, yeah, I knew it. You know, you, I knew it. I could tell in my gut. I knew it was you. I can feel it. Like the goddamn emperor, yeah. she says. Oh, I feel your hatred. And Gaius just says, you'll forgive me. And he says it with cool, icy, cool tone. Mm-hmm. You'll forgive me that I don't want to be executed based solely on your gut feeling. <laughs> I love it. He's like, love fuck it. you. Yeah. And this is what I mean. Like, we know and that this- he's slippery. We know that he's a weirdo. We know that he's this. We know that he's that. We know that. Rosalind is apparent is, is apparently this moral fucking centerpiece and the president and she's sick and we're so sorry for her. Uh, and then, but I got to tell you, I like the way Gaius just doesn't, he doesn't lay down for her. He says, like, I'm sorry that you feel that, that you're going to base this off of your gut. Like my life is going to be judged by your gut. Do you realize how exactly. fucked up that is? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree. And this is one of the first times you really see that separate, you know, because there's so much we, there are so many parallels you can draw between Adama and Rosalind and their leadership style and, you know, their light touch in these certain ways and their way of understanding people. But we have seen all throughout this entire episode Adama going, you know, I hope you're innocent. You know, I don't want to be right. made a fool of, but we can't, you know, he, he takes precautions. He's, he's willing to take those precautions of, okay, look, I'm going to have to not let you around your equipment. We're going to have to sort this out. But he never, does any, oh, I knew it was you. Oh, I always had the feeling. He doesn't run to guts and feelings. He, he, yeah, he doesn't run like, to feelings. Let's, yeah, he's like, let's just go ahead and figure this out, and we're going to take our precautions ahead of time. Whereas Rosalind, surprisingly, is ready to not, con- you know, she's not ready to, like, it, it would be way worse if she was just like, ah, fuck it all. That's all I needed to see. Go ahead and execute it. Like, she doesn't just, like, go ahead and carry through with it. Right. But in her own feeling and in her own judgment, she comes to a conclusion, you know, based off of this. She's like, I always knew you were something. Yeah. I knew you were bad. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't fucking know. You don't know me at all. I love Ugh, it. It's harsh. So we cut away from this scene because we go to Silent Occupied Caprica. We already covered that. And then when we Arch. come back. Wow. Of course, Rosalind's God and Gaius is praying to God because she says, may God have mercy on your soul, which was cute. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, and he starts to say, I will devote the rest of my wretched life to doing good. And he really starts to like weep here. Yeah, very much. He so. says something about carrying out your divine will is what I want to do. Grant me forgiveness and grace. And uh, he's, he's, this is convincing from him. Yeah. And this six really just shows up hushing him. I'm here now. Shh. I'm here. No, no atheists in the foxhole. Mm. Mm. All will be well. It will be as God wants it to be. On cue, <sighs> Gata breaks in to show that the image was a fake. Was a fake. And now this again is what I'm talking about with I'm very suspicious of what Six sees as God because she says that line right there of, all will be God, how uh, you know all will be as God wants it to be, and then everything falls back into place because of Six's interference. It's Six's orchestration that makes these things happen, right? But don't you find the timing almost too good? And this is something that is when I was watching the series for the first time, something that always bothered me. 
Which is in, way, in the way that, you know, she comforts him and then immediately, immediately Gata walks in. in. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking eerie. It's true. It is true. Well, Gaius hugs Gata. I like how he says, I knew it. you'd never be that kind of man to conspire with the enemy. Gata really like likes him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Gata is the first to be like, ah, I always knew you were right. Whereas Rosalind was ready to toss him under the bus. Gata was like, I never, I was always ready to uphold, you know? Yeah. That's cool. And I like how <laughs> Gaius says, I'd never wear a shirt like that. Making light of the situation. <laughs> he walks out with so much confidence. We yeah, get a cut on happy a, to be alive. Happy to be alive. We get a cut on Adama and Ty learning that Godfrey has vanished. Adama is pissed. He wants yes. every ship checked. Oh, because I mean that she waltzed in and waltzed out. And you know what I thought here when we first, you know, got the scene of she's gone. Holy shit. And they're all kind of scrambling around before we get the revelation, you know, of the glasses still being there. I was like, holy shit. Does she have the ability to do to everyone what she's been doing to Gaius, whereas she's not physically there and making them all see and hear her. Because if that were the case, I was like, oh, shit. The level of manipulation that the Cylons can do to human beings is way deeper reaching than I ever thought. But I feel like the reading glasses still being there is a hint that, no, she was physically there. That copy of six. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but damn, right. still scares me. <laughs> still scares you, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what these tricky dicks can do? So we get to Rosalind's announcement. What a great scene. <laughs> so Rosalind gets all political. It gives oh, her yeah. great so, pleasure to exonerate you. And engage PR mode. <laughs> right. It's real PR here. And uh, he steps to the podium and smiles and people cheer. Oh, yeah. A couple of people stand up. And we flash yeah. back to his head movies. You're a hero, Six says. You're more <laughs> popular than ever. Because I, God, have granted it to you, Job. You're more popular than ever? An odd thing to say versus, an odd thing to say versus saying, you are free. You're not going to be executed. Hmm. Yes. Not that, oh, you're safe and I will always right. make sure to keep you safe. L- oh, your ego. Let me inflate it even more. Mm. Now they mm. truly believe in you. And she Nobody says, makes fun of that pinstripe suit. No one. It looks dashing on you. <laughs> she says, hard to, ex- hard to accuse you of treason ever again. <laughs> what she's really saying, I've exhausted that route of manipulating you. Right. But, I've got plenty more. <laughs> but we know that this has always been hanging over Gaius's head. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And now it's not. Now or is it? Not. <laughs> Six is the only one with that knowledge and power. Build me up only. in the public mind by first tearing me down. But why the public mind? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Kaius remembers question. not to question the plans of Almighty God. Of course, was there ever a woman called Shelly Godfrey? She doesn't answer. She simply declothes and uh, keeps her <laughs> heels on because she's a champ and uh, heads upstairs <laughs> for the boning. Oh, and Gaius, yeah, in a way that you can't blame him, just says, ah, screw all the details. I'm just going to go and zip my pants. Some answers are better left to God. (laughs) Wow. What a fucking good episode. Well, that concludes the episode. We're going to get to some final thoughts in just a minute. But first, Matthew, let me ask you a few trivia questions for next week's episode, Flesh and Bone. 
right? Let me gather my my shivering children dressed in rags and assure them that this time it's all going to be made better. I'm going to bet it all, baby. I'm going to win. I'm coming at you for some real hard ones. Oh, fuck. Real, right. real crazy shit I'm going to ask you this week, especially as the season heats up. Oh, damn. Yeah, we're half, we're what, right, right halfway through now? Uh, Easily, yeah. That's I think there's 15 maybe. There we go. Here we are, halfway. All right. Roslyn dreams about someone before meeting them, i.e. prophetic. True or false? Mm, false. Okay. Adama wants to destroy a captured Cylon, but Roslyn wants to interrogate it. True or false? True. Kara Thrace is told by a Cylon that the fleet will find Earth after finding Kobo, and Kara believes this Cylon. That the fleet will find Earth before Kobo? We'll find Earth. Well, we'll find Earth after finding Kobo, because Kobo supposedly points the way to Earth. Ah, hmm, hmm. And a Cylon tells her this, right? And she believes the Cylon. Oh, shit. That's the question: true or false? Ah, uh, oh, it sounds so good. True. <laughs> You're <laughs> such a funny dude. I just want to see it. I want it to be. I, any of these questions, when I say true, it's just because I want to I see know. it so bad. I want it to be real. I hope my answer makes it real. Oh, damn. The flea goes into high alert after Boomer's tests results are positive that she is a Cylon. True or false? Fuck. Oh, damn. True. And finally, only four this week. Against orders, Kara executes a Cylon prisoner that was taken into custody. Yikes. Oh, my God. <laughs> These are so fucking hard. Oh, kids, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> um, damn. Thrace executes a Cylon against orders. You know what? I'm also going to say true. All right. Good shit. There we are. Locked in. Locked in. Boom. Got you written down there, homie. Final thoughts for Six Degrees of Separation. Mm-hmm. Let me mm. ask you this. Sure. What's going to happen with... What What kind of implications do you think it means when they say you will never be tried for treason again? Do you think we're going to see a different Gaius going forward? Do you think I we're do. going to find a Gaius who is more arrogant and more sure of himself? Do you think he's still going to be skeptical and uh, being shady? What what do you see? What talk to me about the implications of what you see with guys as a result of this episode? I definitely see a more arrogant guy going forward. I I see because I think a lot of what has made him so you know it's easy to say what's made him so squirmy is having this presence of six looming over him, talking to him, scaring him, you know, fucking with him in general. Um, but I think a larger part of that is the guilt of being involved with the attack on Caprica and the other colonies and the possibility of its exposure killing him, ruining his life at the bare minimum. Um, and that now that that one big thing has been wiped out of the way, I think he is more comfortable now. Ironically, after this all, you know, since this is all Six's fault, this crazy <laughs> shit happened right. to him, I think he's more comfortable than ever with Six now, um, at least to one extent. There is a part of me, Actually, you know what? I, I'll just go ahead and flat out say it. Not just a part of me, but I, I think deep down he's still faking the come to Jesus moment he had. I think I think it is still very much a 
I know what she wants me to say. Yes, I'm genuinely in turmoil. Maybe he did have a temptation to actually go to the religion, but I think maybe even in that moment he meant it, but later on, ah, he's not really meaning it. He just knows that's what she wants to hear, and so he <laughs> did it. So there's that side of it too. I think we're going to have an arrogant, more confident uh, guy that's going forward who that you know even your your questions make me think hmm maybe he does steam forward faster than ever on the silent detector and gets it done and starts implementing it um so i see that i can definitely see a more confident gaius but i can see one who is also still suspicious enough of six to where yeah he's closer with her and maybe kind of working with her in some weird way but i don't see him just becoming a total pawn of hers. I think he is I think he is still also keeping his guard up with her. Do you think that Gaius's relationship with Rosalind will be mended and get better going forward? Mm. In other you words, know? do you think he will hold a grudge or do you think he will he will get past it? See, that's Does a he thing. strike you as a grudge holder? Uh, he strikes me as a grudge holder, for sure. Um I definitely think I think that's why his relationship with Six has been so complicated because he does hold a grudge against her. You know, this is all your fault. You fucking put me in this situation, you know, (laughs) and I can't blame him for that one. But I I think he is a person, you know, he's got a big ego that's easily bruised. And I think when somebody does that and is willing to throw him under the bus like that, he does not easily forgive, maybe not at all. And I could see him, you know, like we were saying, when he calls Rosalind, it's like he's turning to her in that moment instead of Adama or somebody else, I think he's going to start looking more towards Gaida and Adama and, you know, kind of the Galactica crew, the military side of things. I think he's going to kind of say, fuck you to Rosalind and the governmental side. Uh, I think he might start looking towards them a little more as, as, you know, because, and also we're going to see him. Hold on. Do you think just to put distance between him and Rosalind? Not just, but I think he trusts them more. Because it was essentially their – it was Gaida and their judgment and their you know, efforts that you know, exonerated him and, and showed that he – this was a fake. This is you – know, they – he could – Adama at this point basically believed in him from the start. You know, even though it's not like he full-fledged believed in him, but he was willing to say let's explore this. Let's not condemn him yet, but let's not right. – you know, let's, let's gather the facts. And I think that – Whereas Rosalind's judgment will create a judge, I mean, create a grudge within him, and he's going to hold that against him forever. I think, um, you know, Adama's more even hand is going to give him a lot more points in, you know, Gaius's view. So I could see him not, I could almost even imagine like a phone call between him and Rosalind. It's like, okay, well, you're welcome back aboard the Colonial One, and him being like, nah, I'm going to stay aboard the Galactica. Fuck you. Like, I'm just going to stick to my lab here that they've provided with me. I don't need to be around you. Interesting. Awesome. Well, if you have anything else you'd like to add to your final thoughts, I'd love to hear it. I, you know, I'm pretty well tapped. This is a again, really, really the episode before this and this one, very strong. And you yeah. know, like I was saying on the last episode, I I was hoping for, you know, either a more Starbucks centric episode or Gaia centric episode, and I got it. You know, one of the two, I got it. I'm still looking forward to a more Starbucks focused one. But this was good, man. You yep. know, Gaius is a fascinating character, and every episode we get that's focused more heavily on Gaius is an episode we get a little more Cylon lore. You know, his intimate connection with Six is always going to tease those aspects of the show. And I'm, you know, as an X Files fan, I was always interested in the super soldiers and the long running lore and the undergirding myths of it all. And when it comes to this show, it is very much the Cylon lore and mythology and, and their inner workings that has me so 
fascinated. And so any little tidbit of that, oh, I'm so all about it. Awesome. And uh, in the interest of not spoiling too much, I will just tease this. Next week, we're getting a lot of Starbuck. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what? Let's just go ahead and watch out and record it now. Let's go ahead. <laughs> I got to go to bed, baby. All right, brother. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you guys. Remember to check us out at LibertyStreetGeek.net where we where we have a lot of different uh, podcasts. Matt himself has his own podcast listed there that will uh, link you to iTunes. And uh, if you like what you hear, don't forget to give us a review and rate us on iTunes. It really helps us out. We'll see you next week for Flesh and Bone. And until then, so say we all.